0: I'm going to tell you the name of an actor or actress and you're going to tell me which character in the new Mario movie in 2022 is going they're going to play. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, I know some of these answers.
1: Dude, <laughs> I know uh-huh. one. I think I know one person. <laughs> yeah,
0: we'll start we'll start with the with, with we'll we'll start with this one. Charlie Day.
2: Oh, oh. Oh man. Bowser?
0: Not Bowser. No.
2: Oh, what about Luigi?
0: It is Luigi. Mario? It is Luigi. Luigi. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> I know Chris Pratt is playing Mario.
1: That's the only one I know, Lauren.
2: <laughs> Sorry, but I
0: get two points and you get zero. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Talking Underwater. One water. One podcast. I'm Bob Crosson, Senior Managing
1: Editor of Water and Waste Digest. I'm Katie Johns, Managing Editor of Stormwater Solutions.
2: And I'm Lauren Delcello, Managing Editor for Water Quality Products.
1: In this month's
0: episode of Talking Underwater, we'll discuss the National Association of Water Companies' new Five Principles for Advancing Water Equity and new regional roundtables for WOTUS announced by the U.S. EPA and the U.S. Department of Army. Finally, our interview this month is with Renee Willett. Vice President of Programs and Strategy for the U.S. Water Alliance. Ahead of Imagine a Day Without Water, recognized annually on October 21st, I spoke with Renee about what's new in the One Water Sphere for the U.S. Water Alliance, the impact of extreme weather on how the industry and public talk about water, and how listeners can engage with Imagine a Day Without Water on the 21st. But first, some news. Lauren. <laughs>
2: Great. Thanks, Bob. So our first piece of news today aligns really nicely with the subject of the interview, Imagine a Day Without Water and Value Water. So the National Association of Water Companies, NAWC, has adopted a core set of principles designed to advance water equity. Developed by an NAWC affordability working group, the principles outline NAWC's five principles for water equity including, one, everyone should have access to water that is safe, reliable, and affordable. Two, focus on the customer. Three, never compromise on providing safe and reliable water. Four, invest in communities. And five, develop partnerships and encourage water system consolidation. So for more information on these water equity advocacy efforts and to check out the resources, you can go to www.nawc.org backslash priorities backslash water equity. A couple quick comments I just wanted to add on um, these new principles. Uh, I love, first of all, that point number five is partnership. That just screams one water to me and the conversations we have around on this podcast a lot. I also thought it was very interesting um, that NAWC cites the pandemic and subsequent economic fallout as a little bit of a trigger for some of these principles. Um, Looking forward to seeing if other organizations find this fascinating and how uh, they can learn and implement similar ideas.
0: Yeah, I'll point out as well that when you when you look at these and you look at the ones that U.S. Water Alliance has on their website, they do marry up quite well. U.S. Water Alliance only has three, with a third one being foster community resilience in the face of a changing climate, which seems to be encompassed in a couple of the ones that knock created but uh, pillar two is maximizing the community and pillar one is ensuring affordable and clean access to water for everyone so they are aligning themselves directly with the pillars that u.s water alliance is also building up as well so it's very cool to see that people are coming to the same conclusions uh, whether that's independently or through partnerships so happy to see that
1: yeah i know Sorry, Lauren. All I was going to add is that I, I also think it's interesting to mentioned the pandemic because I think obviously water equity existed or water inequity existed before that, but I think the pandemic has exacerbated a lot of inequity issues in multiple industries and in multiple ways uh, in, in the nation. So I'm excited that, you know, things are moving forward now, that the pandemic has highlighted the need for all this equity. Definitely. Yeah,
2: really put a spotlight on affordability for sure. But great feedback great comments. Um, Katie, you want to take us into the next item?
1: then? Yes, thank you. In other national news, a quick update on the status of waters of the US, otherwise known as WOTUS. The US EPA and the US Department of the Army announced regional roundtables to provide input on the regional implications of WOTUS. According to EPA, the roundtables will aim to engage stakeholders representing diverse perspectives, quote, crafting a lasting definition of WOTUS means that we must bolster our understanding of how different regions experience and protect our nation's vital water, end quote, said EPA Assistant Administrator for Water, Radhika Fox. WOTUS has seen a lot of changes over the years, but we're continuously hearing language stress in the need for a lasting definition surrounding these discussions.
0: Yeah, I wanted to point out the lasting definition aspect is, seems to be at the very core of what Rodica and Michael Regan want for the WOTUS rule. They want something that will not flip flop or change from administration to administration. They want something for the long term that is adaptable and understood and clear for the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah, I also think we're seeing some trends of bringing in diverse stakeholder voices too, like we've seen that with the LCR revisions happening. Um, and that pivots really nicely to the first news item too just the importance of getting different voices into the mix so great to see
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah getting better stakeholder in investment seems to be a lot of what Radhika did with us water alliance when she was ceo there and she's really bringing that same mentality to the epa which is something that's really exciting i think it foster's better perspective and better problem solving because now you have more brains in the room solving a the problem from multiple angles and having a more clear diverse inclusive answer when you do finally come to the compromise at the end so absolutely so with that i'd like to pivot to our interview for this month with renee willette she is vice president of programs and strategy for the u.s water alliance and with which I spoke to her about One Water and water equity and all things happening in 2021. So yes, now we have with us Renee Willette. She is U.S. Water Alliance Vice President of Programs and Strategy. Renee, thank you so much for being with us on this call.
3: Hi, Bob. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here.
0: Yeah, we, I love talking to U.S. Water Alliance every year around this time with Imagine a Day Without Water. And it's just such a perfect time for us to really align with you and get a bit, good understanding of where things stand with One Water and whatnot. And I kind of wanted to touch on that because you recently started your new CEO, Mami Hara, is finally yes. on, uh, being onboarded with you. That'll be a, a huge help for the organization. But what, what else is new in the One Water sphere? You have obviously this one big thing for you guys, but One Water is so much more yes. than just the U.S. Water Alliance.
3: Yes. Oh, absolutely. You know, we've been really having, I would say, you know, a huge amount of excitement about this moment in water. I think at the US Water Alliance, you know, we've really been focusing our work around, um, you know, our core areas around water equity. We've seen an expansion of water equity efforts across the country. Um, Also the COVID recovery that we're starting to emerge out of has been a huge focus for us. Um, We've been partnering with policymakers across the country to look at how is the water sector recovering from COVID in a stronger way? Um, How are we ensuring that we can provide 24/7 operations while still investing in our system and really using this moment to to transform the sector. Um, Another area that we're really excited about, and I think this is something that I'm really looking forward to working with Mommy on is, our climate program build out at the US Water Lines. I think that what we've seen over the last 12 months has been insane with severe weather, with Mm -hmm. drought, with floods, um, and really thinking about how do we coalesce as a water sector and start to break down some silos and work together around not only climate resiliency, but climate mitigation too. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a lot of excitement. I would say the team is, is excited. We're hoping to get back in person later this year. Um, There'll be some announcements around that decision soon. Um, But, you know, with Imagine a Day Without Water this month, it's, you know, we have 1,200 organizations signed up to talk about how important water is to all of our communities and all of our lives. And I just think there's a sense of optimism. Um, And of course, you know, I haven't even touched on the new administration and (laughs) the historic investment that we're about to see with the water sector. So I would say that we're just getting a lot of momentum right now.
0: Yeah, it, it feels like the the ball has been, like, the, if you're talking about, like, building up a snowball, right? Like, the, the snowball is so big right now, it's just like, can we get it? over the hump to go down the hill so that we can just <laughs> yes really pick up steam um, yes
3: and how do we how do we work together to get it over the hill yes yeah
0: exactly it's like it's like we we have kind of this unified vision and the unified direction now um and it's a matter of getting the getting the forces behind it to push it over that hill and get it get it get it over the finish line but one of the things you touched on there was uh like the the water equity element and um we, we've talked a lot on this podcast about water equity water affordability water access all those three things kind of being the core pillars of what 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 one water really embodies and in the past 12 months i feel like we've seen a lot of change in uh perceptibility of those things and an understanding of what those terms mean what has what u.s water alliance seen in the past 12 months on that like i think back to like last summer with everything with george floyd and everything that really brought all of these mm-hmm ideas of equity and inclusion and stuff like that to the forefront, not just in water, but at large, but how did that impact also the water industry? Because then it it also started a bunch of conversations, I think, in the industry as well.
3: Oh, yeah. Huge, huge impact, you know, and I think that issues of racial injustice and racial equity have always been present um, in our sector and across the country. I think um, the moment of kind of self-reflection that was forced upon every single individual and organization um, after George Floyd's murder, I think just took things to another level. Um, And what we've been seeing, you know, is a definite expansion of the water equity network. We are on pace to hit 75 cities across the country who are actively looking at, you know, with their utility and with their community partners, how can they have equitable water management practices in their community? Um, And that interest is just growing and growing. You know and we're also seeing internal reflection with both utilities and you know organizations, or nonprofits uh engineering firms you know everyone in the water sector is doing some internal reflection about how's my organization meeting this moment and how are how are we addressing racial justice um and some of the work we're doing at the alliance around that is actually we're working on creating an internal facing dei diversity equity inclusion toolkit that our members can use to do some in- internal assessments, start where they're baseline where they're at, create some goals for their internal organization and then strategically move towards those goals. And we'll be working in partnership with them on that. Um, and that'll be released later this year. But you know, I don't think you can really understate the importance of water equity. And it's 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 related to climate. You know, you, you talked about, you know, the water access, the drought, um, we saw, you know, severe storms in the south this past year that that left millions of people without drinking water and disproportionately impacted communities of color and low-income communities. So I think that, you know, at the Alliance, we really believe that water equity is aligned and connected with every other aspect of the one, one water movement. You really can't have a one water movement without water equity. Um, so it's it's been a busy 12 months, I think it's been a busy 12 <laughs> months. And I think that, uh, you know, it's only going to get more busy as as climate impacts are seen more and more as you know tragedies um like flint michigan mm-hmm. now what we're seeing in other cities across michigan right now um with lead line removal you know we need to we need to address these things quickly um mm-hmm. yesterday really so <laughs> i think that you know mm-hmm. that's a broad answer to your great question about you know how have, how have these issues kind of changed and been tweaked over the last 12 months
0: yeah like, like, like i said i feel like that that perceptibility like the the it's much more public facing the public is seeing it more that the, that's making the water industry pay a little bit more attention to it and really every industry kind of paying more more attention to it and like you said like having these tools and these guidelines propagated at kind of like the highest level of the folks that you're working with could then allows for that to be set at the highest level so that it gets pushed down to everyone else below them and that bleeds through the whole organization and when that bleeds through the whole organization it spreads into the whole network of people that they work with as well it it could turn into like a really um really beneficial aspect of 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 what you guys are doing um but you touched on you touched on the drought i wanted to touch on that as well just like like you said the climate has been very um Crazy. Like the extreme weather events in the past year or, or so have been truly uh truly devastating in a lot of areas, whether it's wildfires out west and the drought out west or just extreme hurricane and weather events uh, in New Orleans, for example. We saw a ton of uh issues there with lift stations failing and then just crazy rains rain as a result of those storms just like residually up in the northeast in like New York where just rainwater runoff just caused a ton mm-hmm. of problems there too um has placed an increased focus on water resources as so we have two things happening here one increased focus on water resources out west and then what do we do with all this water out east um so how how has that impacted like the value of water campaign how has that impacted the U- how u.s water alliance talks about water resources and how has it impacted how they talk about water management
3: yeah great great question and you know you're spot on that water both how we view water resources how we view water management is very much uh, regional, regional dependent and and local dependent. Um, so, you know, the, the narrative and the issues that are being faced in the West, very different than the East, Um, the value of water campaign, you know, we really seek to have a very unified and simple message that can kind of connect with people across the country, which is, you know, water is the backbone of our communities without investing in water we will crumble as a as a nation. Mm -hmm. Um, Every city, every town, every rural community needs safe, reliable water and wastewater services. You know, I often talk with people um, in the industry about, you know, I'm a big fan of transportation, big fan of investing in Mm -hmm. transportation. Absolutely, we need to be able to get places. And you know, the difference between the grants that are coming down for transportation projects across the country from the federal government, versus the amount of grants for water it's just night and day water is not receiving the federal investment that we need and so whether you're in the west dealing with dwindling water resources you know or in the midwest where you know groundwater depletion is occurring water quality issues are happening or in the east flooding or severe storms hurricanes in the south southeast wherever you are your community needs to upgrade its water infrastructure um, you know, unless you've had a major transformational project in the last ten years, um, it's you're you're likely facing a water and wastewater infrastructure that is beyond its useful life. Mm-hmm. And so that is a kind of a unifying message that I think everyone's trying to get behind and just get people just get people familiar with their water and excited about investing in water because it really can transform communities. It can provide job job opportunities, economic benefits you know, green infrastructure opportunities for communities. Um, So I think, you know, the core message of the value water campaign isn't really changing that much. Um, Mm -hmm. I think we're we want to celebrate the proposed investment that's been made. I think that's it's historic. It's incredible. If we can land this investment, Um, the gap is still there. Mm -hmm. You know, we still need more investment in, in our water infrastructure
0: yeah well I, I i often tell people when it comes to like that transportation versus the water thing and like looking at that at that disparate disparate change between the two <laughs> of them what i often tell people is like what good is the road if it's somewhere that doesn't have water yes like, yeah, what, what good is the destination at that point so you need to yes. have like it gets to the core of what you were saying which is it which um it you you didn't really say out uh, like specifically, but gets to that core of water is life. You need water just to live. Like <laughs> You can mm-hmm. live without a road, but you need water right. to actually live. So there's a very basic foundational level of things that I think that people are just taking oftentimes taking for granted. The fact that it is, is already there without realizing the amount of money, time, energy, and how big this industry is. That's actually making it work for you. Um, again i i I think i feel like i'm preaching to the choir with you
3: (laughs) yeah well i will add on you know since you know us we in the water sector we tend to get really excited about the technical solutions and the innovation and you know with whatever issue we're talking about recycled water um you know water resource management we get excited about that sometimes i think we miss the emotional connection Mm -hmm. with water in our communities. And that's really what the value of water campaign is trying to unify our sector around is that water, everyone has an emotional connection with water because we're dependent on it for life. Exactly what Mm -hmm. you said. So it's really trying to kind of, you know, break down the silos again, as we talked about (laughs) and bring people together around a unifying message so we can present um, a unifying uh, coalition to get more resources for water across this country.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said that you said that uh, there wasn't a lot of change in how you guys were messaging about things. But is there a way that it's changed how you talk to the public about that? I imagine having these touchstones of uh, these cultural touchstones of like the drought and of the extreme weather events, groundwater depletion in the Midwest, like you were saying, that those are those are helpful tools to start your conversations now. But you still have that same message afterward. Is that am I understanding that correctly for how you guys are approaching things right now?
3: Yes, yes, and and if you think about imagine a day without water, we actually did some research and some testing around um, you know what's resonating with people with imagine a day without water, um, and you know we were mindful that millions and millions of people, well, two million people in the United States don't have access to clean water right now, so they don't need to imagine a day they're living in, mm-hmm. um, and then with the with the severe weather that we experienced this past year, you know millions more were out were without safe drinking water for days on end in the south. I mean, still, still people, you know, in, in Michigan in Jackson still, we're still struggling to get safe drinking water to people. So there's a nuance there that we want to be sensitive to that. Some people don't have to imagine a day without water, Mm -hmm. but when we talked to people about, it, we did some focus groups, we tested it. That, that really was that message still resonates with people, even if you've lived that experience because you want other people. To imagine that experience, so they have some empathy with you, and they can see how that is absolutely devastating for your daily life. Um, we need water, you know, and and I think the the country is at this at the, at, a, at a precipice of realizing that we really need to invest in this in this precious resource and manage it very very wisely, um, or it's it's not going to go well.
0: Yeah. I every time that imagine a day comes around I always think about the one time that my pipe burst when I was I was like just out of college my first job pipe burst in in, in my rental property <laughs> and I had no water and I it blew my mind how much I couldn't do like I was just like I can't do this it's like it's something so simple it's like <laughs> I can't even microwave yes. macaroni and cheese like I don't yes, have water yes. to microwave it like right. <laughs> so it's, it, yeah it's everything yeah. Yeah, so it really it it really did put a lot of that in my perspective and thankfully I had a I had a wonderful boss who was just like come over to my house, you can use my shower, we'll cook you some food, all this stuff. So it was really nice to have like t- that type of network, but I imagine for like these communities that you're talking about that after these hurricanes or even like the tech, the storms in Texas in uh, April, uh back in back in February of this year with the freezing storms and whatnot where they lost all water pressure or didn't have water for days on end, you have a whole community that's just without water. You can't even go to your neighbor. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I do want to touch on Imagine a Day. I wanted to get get your uh, some some ideas from you on how different people can get involved with that. What are the best ways that people can uh, get in touch with that, and kind of what the purpose is behind it? We've talked about it basically the whole <laughs> interview yeah. right now of like get water in front of people's uh, in front of people's faces and make them really uh, care about the the issues involved there. But yeah, how can people get involved with Imagine a Day?
3: Yeah, great, great question. You know, I think we have 1200 organizations signed up right now to do local actions uh, where they're at. So people are doing everything from holding a press conference with the mayor of their city to talk about their water system and how vital it is to doing an art project and revealing a mural um, on the side of of, of of a wall at a wastewater treatment plant. So there's so many ways to get involved, you know, posting on social media, just calling attention to the need to invest in water and how vital water is, um, is probably the most basic way to do it just do it on your own time in your own way. Um, Another way is join us at the US water Alliance. you know, join the value of water campaign. Uh, We have resources uh, for our members and for the public to use to support their messaging and to get involved in shaping the future of the value of water. yeah, there's really, there's really, we welcome, we welcome everybody. And this is, you know, it's kind of a national day of awareness. So we're just so thrilled that so many people are showing up and getting excited about it.
0: Yeah. And as a reminder, everyone who's listening, this is on October 21st, which is the day after Weftech ends. So get out there. Like you just went to all these technical sessions. You learned a ton of stuff, like get out there, get your voice heard and make, make it known what, it's like when there is no water, what that means for a community, whether it's economic impacts, social impacts, uh, it's really important, so. Um, the last question for you is just thinking about 2022 and beyond. Like I said, you guys have Mommy Haro who's just just joined on board for you, so finally some so, uh, someone to help shape the vision and stuff moving forward. But what what are some things that One Water holds uh, moving into 2022 and
3: beyond? Mm-hmm. Well, we are thrilled to welcome Mommy on board. Um, you know, she brings decades of experience and cross sector partnership experience with mm-hmm. philanthropy with community groups. Um, you know, I think her her heart really is in the one water movement and we're all just looking so forward to working with her. Um, some of the major initiatives that I know we'll be continuing to focus on really is around um, climate, equity, and continuing to recover stronger from COVID-19. Um, you know with the climate, I think one of the most exciting exciting programs of ours right now is the build of our climate program. and we've launched a sector-wide imagination challenge. For all of us in the water sector to think about how can we do our part to reduce GHG emissions. Um, you know, thinking about kind of creating a national call to action for the U.S., which when you look at globally, we're a little bit behind as a sector. Um, for Other countries, we're a little bit behind. We don't quite have a unified vision yet, and we're working together with stakeholders across the industry to help help create that vision together. So that's really exciting. Um, the water equity work, as I mentioned, it's going to be keep continuing to expand um we're seeing more and more cities sign up to work with us on that um and then i just think you know building community together and getting back together you know i really hope that soon we can announce the the dates of the one water summit uh, we're getting close to, to landing on that i can't quite announce it yet um but stay tuned but you know i think i think human connection is so important in this industry and mm-hmm. you know covid we've all survived covid um Uh, It's been very hard on some of us, you know, some of us have had great personal loss. And so it's been a very tough time. But I think as the industry is coming out of it, it is going to be important for us to get together again and, and build that person to person relationship. So I think I'm really excited to have the One Water Summit come back and come back really strong.
0: Oh, I am very excited for the One Water Summit. I went, uh, I went several years ago when it was in Minneapolis, and it really reshaped and reframed my idea of what we could talk about in this space, and. I I truly truly loved it it was one of the most diverse thing events I've gone to in the entire industry as well which was just wonderful to see um and I really encourage anyone who's listening to this to be on the lookout for the one water summit because you you should absolutely attend you will have conversations that you won't have anywhere else um just I I highly highly recommend you go to it it will really reshape the way that you think about water and and the future of the industry as a whole from a very high level so um I'm looking forward to that announcement I'm very excited I would love to go (laughs) well
3: I'm looking forward to seeing you there bob we'll plan on it then (laughs) yeah
0: yeah and 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 to see the the u.s water prize winners in person too it's been it's like we've had everything so digital for the past little bit but it was great to see them in person the last time that i went so anyway thank you so much renee i really appreciate you taking the time with us today and talking through all these things and um for everyone who's listening we'll have some links in our show notes as well for imagine a day for this climate stuff for water equity uh, tons of resources on the u.s water alliance website so we'll make sure to link all link to all of those for you in our show notes so thanks so much renee
3: thank you bob it's wonderful to be here look forward to working with you more me too
0: so much for that interview renee i appreciate all the time that you spent with me and uh, always enlightening to talk to to the u.s water alliance about water equity issues one water and what that means for our industry at large and for the public as well so i appreciate you taking the time Uh, for now we'd like to move into our housekeeping that's all we have left for the episode today lauren you want to kick us off Absolutely.
2: Wonderful interview. Thank you. Um, So I just wanted to bring a quick reminder to everyone. If you like this interview, if you like this conversation that we're having here, check out our Value of Water series from 2020 as well. Some really great conversations there with Radhika Fox. She's the former CEO of the U.S. Water Alliance, of course, um, Buffalo Sewer Authority, Milwaukee Water Commons, and COPE on water equity access and affordability. And let us know as well how you're engaging with Imagine a Day Without Water at Talking Underwater at SGC email.com
0: yes definitely do all of that and for water and waste digest We announced our top projects on Monday, October 18th, at Weftech, And starting on October 28th, every Thursday through December 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern, we will be sharing video interviews with our top project winners. You can learn more about them through that. Also in our December issue of WWD, we will be featuring each of them in a print uh, write-up. So be sure to check out the print issue in December and check back every Thursday for a new video interview starting October 28th.
1: And in stormwater solutions, our 2021 state of the industry survey is now open. If you work in the stormwater or erosion control fields, please take a few minutes to take the survey at bit.ly slash 2021 SOTI. That wraps up our housekeeping and episode, but don't forget to like, subscribe, share on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, and really anywhere you can get podcasts. You can also reach us at TalkingUnderwater at SGCmail.com to share your thoughts. And don't forget to give us a follow on Twitter at TUWpodcast. Thanks so much for listening.